morning, Fabcasters. This is R Bar with the Drive Time video cast, vlog, whatever you want to call it. I got a funny, funny story. So the other day at dinner, I looked at my wife. We're all sitting down at the dinner table, and I looked at my wife, and I, was, and I said, I said, uh, hey, mama, looking kind of slender, huh? And my six-year-old, my daughter, she goes, what, is, what does slender mean? And then I said, um, I don't, I don't know. And she goes, then you don't say it. And I was just laughing because I go, well, where did that come from? You're right. You're, you're absolutely right, baby girl. If I don't know what it is, then maybe I shouldn't be, no, I shouldn't be using it. And so here's what it made me think of, okay? About, I don't know, like 12 years ago, I was a wrestling coach at a at a high school and outspoken christian head coach said man i love how you take care of the guys do your thing so i asked the guys if they wanted to start a little after practice do a little bible study right there in the wrestling room sweaty and dirty right there on the floor and there's a, a couple guys that would come some pretty motivated kids and um so i start to share and because i'm a little bummed out that only four four showed up I opened up with this verse here. Um, I said, well, we're, we're two or more are gathered, God's here in the midst. And so I'm like a freshman or sophomore in Bible college, so I'm all like, hoo-yah, um, all, all motivated, and just throwing verses out there. Everything's a Bible verse. And so one of my kids, he's a, he's a freshman, his name is James Rorick, right? <laughs> James hears me say, quote this verse, it's Matthew 18, where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst. And he says, are you sure that's what that passage means? And I had never thought about it before. I've heard this used many times all, all throughout church growing up, but it was the first time where I said, oh, that's a great question. And I'm wrestling with this. I'm not saying this out loud, but I'm going, think that's what it means gee I don't know and so I remember I remember over overriding him with with words and him being gracious and just saying oh well just wondering but I think he knew that's not what the passage means but he was just humble enough uh, to just just sit there and be like okay I'll let you wrestle with it I'll let you talk I'll let you think about it so years later well yeah, years later, I'm looking at the passage uh, as far as like uh, I was doing an assignment or something. So I'll read the passage to you. It's Matthew 18. It says, uh, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. But the, but the context is within church discipline. Specifically, if a brother sins against another brother. And so in, from chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, it unpacks this scene where one brother sins against another, and then the brother confronts this guy, right? And then still doesn't stop. He's, as the Bible says, unrepentant. So he brings two before him. He brings another person before him and confronts the brother on his sin. And then he doesn't repent. So he brings uh, another witness before him. And the guy still doesn't, if he refuses to listen at that point, the next step is to tell it to the church and 
Jesus says, I truly I say to you that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And he says, again, I say to you, if two on earth agree about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So, so this whole concept of binding and loosing in the context of church discipline is that God is in agreement where the church agrees on the area of disciplining a person. And because God is in agreement, binding and loosing, because he's in agreement with the, the consensus of the church on the area of church discipline, we can say, God also agrees with us. So for instance, I was part of a church once where, where one man thought it was appropriate to have a mistress on the side, an inappropriate relationship in, in PG terms. Shouldn't have had this friendship on the other side. Shouldn't have had the benefits that came with the friendship. But he really believed that it was okay. So, because the wife confronted him on this issue and unrepentant, she brings it to one of the pastors. He sits down with both of them and is still unrepentant after that, had a lapse back, and then two, the progression was, was, you see where it was going. Then two of us, I was um, also a pastor there at the time, but two of us going before, and the progression would have been three, bring it before the church, and, and then to, to treat them like an outsider for discipline purposes, all the while being able to tell the guy, um, God's on our side on this. We're, we're, we're um, in agreement that, that this is, what you're doing is wrong and it's sinful. So there you go. And um, so that's the context of that verse. But I also want to encourage people, if, if you've ever heard anybody take this verse out of context, just to be gracious. It's not a, it's not a time to raise your hand in church and say, excuse me. It doesn't have to be as straightforward as my daughter say, you don't use it. But it, it was, it is a point of, okay, maybe if we can clarify how we use this passage, it's an opportunity to extend grace. It's an opportunity to, to like Priscilla and Aquila in the book of Acts to pull someone aside and explain the way of God more more adequately in a, in a gracious tone because we're not supposed to beat each other up over over Bible passages. It's far too often used as a weapon instead of an instrument of correction, rebuke, teaching, and instruction, so on and so forth. Anyways, Fabcasters, love you so much. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next blogcast. Blog. Peace.